The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. If you have Friday on your mind, then this is your day. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Friday, January 19, 2024. Friday of the second week in Ordinary Time, in the Missal, it's liturgical year B, cycle two. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. And our saint today is Saint Henry of Sweden. Born in 1100, an Englishman of the 12th century, residing at Rome. In 1152, he was consecrated Bishop of Uppsala, Sweden. In 1154, St. Eric, King of Sweden, led a punitive expedition against the Finns. This was in retaliation for their marauding activity into Sweden. Henry accompanied him. Eric offered peace and the Christian faith to the people of Finland, but they refused. A battle ensued and the Swedes won. Eric returned to Sweden, but Henry remained behind, working to convert the Finns. In time, Henry met a violent death. On account of his love of God, a converted French soldier named Lolly had murdered a Swedish soldier, and after careful consideration of the facts, Henry imposed the penalty of excommunication on the murderer. Lolly became enraged and slew the bishop with an axe in 1156. St. Henry of Sweden, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Into thy hands, O God, we commend ourselves this day and all those who are dear to us. Let the gift of thy wonderful presence be with us even to the end of the day. Grant that we never lose sight of thee all the day long, but rather praise and beseech thee that our thanks may come to thee again at its close. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying that the Holy Spirit may help us to recognize the gift of different charisms within the Christian community and to discover the richness of different traditions and rituals in the Catholic Church. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the Gospel of the Day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Garden Angel, intercede for me. Holy Spirit, today you give us this wonderful text about our Lord calling the twelve apostles to be the subject of our prayer. Help us to pray. And we see Jesus calling the twelve. But why twelve? Why did he call them? Why these men? These are what we're going to explore a bit more in this time of prayer. And in order to answer these questions, we need to see the bigger context. And the context is given us by the rest of the Gospel. We're in the third chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And if you go to the beginning of the Gospel, first of all, you see Jesus curing a man with a withered hand. We also see the crowds pressing around him. So much so that our Lord has to get in a boat in order not to be crushed. And from there he preaches to the crowd. And we also see him casting out evil spirits. And all this speaks to us of the logic of the Incarnation. God limits himself 
and God trusts humans. The incarnation is God saying, I trust humans. And that knowing how unreliable and weak and fickle we are. Thank you, God, that you trust us. God certainly entrusted himself to Joseph and Mary. God made man, Jesus, the baby Jesus, the child Jesus. Jesus, you entrusted yourself to your creatures. You trusted them. Here we learn that God doesn't want to try to do everything himself. He knows that in the economy and the system which he himself has created, the best thing is to involve humans. God saves us so well, so beautifully, that he empowers us. He involves us in saving others. Thank you, God. Let me just repeat that because it's so beautiful and we are so grateful to you for this. You save us so well, so beautifully, that you empower us. You involve us in saving others. You save us so much that we can help to save others. I think, for example, of people who have had a drug problem and then become involved, having overcome the problem, in work to help others to recover. This is very beautiful. When we overcome our weaknesses and help others. Of course, in this case, we haven't fully overcome our weaknesses. We still have sin. But Lord God, by precisely by helping others, we are helped ourselves. By helping others, we rise above our weaknesses. Thank you, God, for this beautiful system, this beautiful economy, which you have wanted. And it is a beautiful thing that, in fact, humans are fundamentally trustworthy. Someone made this point the other day when I was listening to the radio, in a radio program. And the person was commenting on e-commerce and commented that e-commerce shows that humans are fundamentally trustworthy. The whole system of e-commerce is based on the trustworthiness of people. Yes, you might pay your money and sometimes someone cheats you. Something may not arrive. But that's very rare, isn't it? Fundamentally, it works. And the whole system works because you know that you pay your money in advance and of course the people could just run off with your money and do nothing, but they don't. Almost always, the article gets to you. Thank you again, Lord, for trusting us and making us trustworthy. So, Jesus, you wanted to involve us in your work of evangelization, involve other men and other women. And the work of evangelization, apostolate, to give it another name, is all about God restoring us to wholeness. Like that man who had the withered hand. And in us, there's a lot that's withered. But we're not fundamentally withered, as Luther wrongly claimed. We're fundamentally good. It's just that we can make mistakes. The withered hand expresses the fact that we can weaken ourselves, wither ourselves, as it were, by sin. And this limits our freedom, as withered hands limit our action. And he cast out demons. Christ conquers Satan through the work of evangelization. And the sacraments are the great means by which Christ conquers Satan and the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of church teaching, the truth of the church. Baptism, confirmation, confession, big time, are all ways to cast out Satan. And that's even before we get to more radical forms of casting out the devil, like exorcism. The preaching of the gospel casts out error and the darkness of ignorance. Proclaiming Christian truth casts out Satan's lies. There's a beautiful letter sent by Pope St. Gregory the Great to St. Augustine, St. Augustine of Canterbury, the man who was sent to evangelize my land, England, at the end of the 6th century. And Augustine had written to Gregory telling him about some of his initial successes. 
Successes, it must be said, after all sorts of setbacks and failures, and also after a certain amount of doubting and hesitation on Augustine's part. When he got to France, he almost turned back, and he needed an earlier letter from Gregory to G. M. along to tell him to keep on going and not to give up, to urge him to perseverance. But now that he's got there, now that he's had a certain amount of success in his work of evangelization, he writes to the Pope. And the Holy Father, Pope Gregory, wrote back to him with a letter of enormous joy. And these are some of the words from the letter. But who can describe what great joy sprang up here in the hearts of all the faithful, that the nation of the Angli, through the operation of the grace of Almighty God and the labour of your fraternity, in other words, Augustine and his fellow monks, has cast away the darkness of error and been suffused with the light of holy faith. That with most sound judgment it, i.e. the English people, now tramples on the idols which it formerly crouched before in insane fear. That it falls down with pure heart before Almighty God. That it is restrained by the rules of holy preaching from the lapses of wrongdoing. That it humbles itself even to the earth in prayer, lest in mind and soul it should lie upon the earth. What a beautiful letter, what a wonderful expression of joy in the face of evangelizing success. And from those first twelve whom our Lord sent out, whom you sent out, Jesus, they went out, first of all, and their collaborators, and Paul and his collaborators, and then over the ages, thousands upon thousands of men and women have responded to Christ's call to go preach to all nations. And now, my friend, that call has reached you and me. You have to preach the gospel to all nations, beginning with your own, beginning with that friend of yours at school or at university, that colleague at work, your spouse, your brother or sister. Just like Andrew found his brother Peter and brought him to Christ, or Philip found his friend Nathaniel and did the same. Why twelve? Jesus, why did you call twelve? Because the old Israel was based on the twelve tribes, the twelve sons of Jacob. And so by choosing twelve, Lord Jesus, you're saying to us that you are forming a new people, the church. And now, through baptism, we are part of that church, and we have to evangelize and help cast out demons. For example, by taking our friends to confession, telling them the truth. The devil's terrain is darkness, deceit, and ignorance. He doesn't operate well in light and truth. Let's spread light and truth with love. St. Paul talks of veritatem facentes in caritatis, proclaiming the truth in love. Let's do that. Jesus, help us to do that. Holy Spirit, pour your love into our hearts so that we can share it with others and share the truth, the light of the gospel. And why these twelve? Well, the gospel tells us he summoned those whom he desired. Christ's choice. Why those twelve? Well, he chose them. It's as simple as that. He knows. Jesus, why me? Why did you choose me to your service? I'm nothing. Lord, you know best. Indeed, it sometimes seems that our Lord deliberately chooses those who are not the best, perhaps even the worst, so that it's more clear that the work is his. We see in the apostles ignorance, weakness, all sorts of defects, but at least they were honest, except for Judas, of course. We see that they were very different. That's a very important lesson, that in the church, in the work of evangelization, there has to be many different approaches and attitudes. Simon the Zealot, who seems to have been an agitator against the Roman invaders. Matthew, who was much more of a collaborator. Peter, who was an activist. John was a prayerful contemplative, although also sometimes a bit of a hothead, as with his brother James. 
Nathaniel, also called Bartholomew, was a man who wasn't afraid to give his opinion. If anything, he was a little bit too clear, a bit too open with his opinions. Men and women with their limitations, but you called them, Jesus, to your service. And finally, let's learn a big lesson. He went up on the mountain. Going up onto the mountain expresses prayer, being with God. Jesus, you called these men from the basis of your prayer. St. Hosemir would always say, then the apostle, the work of evangelization, first prayer, then sacrifice, then action. Prayer comes first. Let's pray for our friends and their needs. And then we can understand better how to help them. And Mary, we see you going prayerfully and joyfully to share the good news of Christ's birth, the Jesus Christ you bore in your womb with Elizabeth. And evangelization is always sharing with others the Christ we bear within us. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My mother immaculate, Saint Joseph, my father and lord, my God and angel, intercede for me. A lot more of 10 Minutes with Jesus is just waiting for you at relevantradio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. We begin this day of prayer in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Friday, January 19, 2024. I'm Paul Sadek, and we begin this liturgical day as we join hearts, hands, and voices with the entire church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and, and my, my mouth will proclaim your praise. praise. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us praise the Lord in whom is all our delight. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come then, let us bow down and worship, Bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God and we are His people, the flock He shepherds. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. 
And at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me. Although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Lord, in your anger, do not punish me. Lord, Lord, in in your your anger, do do not punish me. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not punish me, Lord, in your rage. Your arrows have sunk deep in me. Your hand has come down upon me. Through your anger, all my body is sick. Through my sin, there is no health in my limbs. My guilt towers higher than my head. It is a weight too heavy to bear. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, Lord, in in your your anger, do do not punish me. Lord, you know all my longings. Lord, you know all my longings. My wounds are foul and festering, the result of my own folly. I am bowed and brought to my knees. I go mourning all the day long. All my frame burns with fever. All my body is sick, spent, and utterly crushed. I cry aloud in anguish of heart. O Lord, you know all my longing. My groans are not hidden from you. My heart throbs. My strength is spent. The very light has gone from my eyes. My friends avoid me like a leper. Those closest to me stand afar off. Those who plot against my life lay snares. Those who seek my ruin speak of harm, planning treachery all the day long. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, you know all my longings. I confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for you are my Savior. I confess confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for you you are my Savior. But I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the dumb unable to speak. 
I am like a man who hears nothing, in whose mouth is no defense. I count on you, O Lord. It is you, Lord God, who will answer. I pray, do not let them mock me, those who triumph, if my foot should slip. For I am on the point of falling, and my pain is always before me. I confess that I am guilty, and my sin fills me with dismay. My wanton enemies are numberless, and my lying foes are many. They repay me evil for good, and attack me for seeking what is right. O Lord, do not forsake me. My God, do not stay afar off. Make haste and come to my help. O Lord, my God, my Savior. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Do not abandon us, Lord our God. You did not forget the broken body of your Christ, nor the mockery his love received. We, your children, are weighed down with sin. Give us the fullness of your mercy. I I confess confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for for you you are my Savior. My eyes keep watch for your saving help, awaiting the word that will justify me. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses spoke to the people, saying, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God and follow his ways exactly, to love and serve the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord which I enjoin on you today for your own good? Think, the heavens Even the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, as well as the earth and everything on it. Yet in his love for your fathers, the Lord was so attached to them as to choose you, their descendants, in preference to all other peoples, as indeed he has now done. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and be no longer stiff-necked. For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who has no favorites, accepts no bribes, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and befriends the alien feeding and clothing him. So you too must befriend the alien, for you were once aliens yourselves in the land of Egypt. The Lord your God shall you fear, and him you shall serve. Hold fast to him, and swear by his name. He is your glory, he your God who has done for you those great and terrible things which your own eyes have seen. 
Your ancestors went down to Egypt, seventy strong. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of the sky. Love the Lord your God, therefore, and always heed his charge, his statutes, decrees, and commandments. It is not your children who have not known it from experience, but you yourselves who must now undertake the discipline of the Lord your God, his majesty, his strong hand and outstretched arm, the signs and deeds he wrought among the Egyptians, on Pharaoh king of Egypt, and on all his land what he did to the Egyptian army and to their horses and chariots, engulfing them in the waters of the Red Sea as they pursued you and bringing ruin upon them even to this day. What he did for you in the desert until you arrived in this place and what he did to the Reubenites Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, when the ground opened its mouth and swallowed them up out of the midst of Israel with their families and tents and every living thing that belonged to them. With your own eyes, you have seen all these great deeds that the Lord has done. Keep all the commandments, then, which I enjoin on you today, that you may be strong enough to enter in and take possession of the land into which you are crossing, and that you may have long life on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers he would give to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. I set before you here this day a blessing and a curse, a blessing for obeying the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin on you today, a curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way I ordain for you today to follow other gods whom you have not known the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Let us love God, for he first loved us. To love God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. The love of God reaches perfection in those who are obedient to his word. And his commandments are not burdensome. A reading from the Treatise on Spiritual Perfection by Diodocus of Photis, Bishop. No one who is in love with himself is capable of loving God. The man who loves God is the one who mortifies his self-love for the sake of the immeasurable blessings of divine love. Such a man never speaks his own glory, but only the glory of God. If a person loves himself, he seeks his own glory. But the man who loves God loves the glory of his Creator. 
anyone alive to the love of God can be recognized by the way he constantly strives to glorify him by fulfilling all his commandments and by delighting in his own abasement. Because of his great majesty, it is fitting that God should receive glory. But if he hopes to win God's favor, it becomes man to be humble. If we possess this love for God, we too will rejoice in his glory, as St. John the Baptist did. And we shall never stop repeating, His fame must increase, but mine must diminish. I know a man who, though lamenting his failure to love God as much as he desires, yet loves him so much that his soul burns with ceaseless longing for God to be glorified and for his own complete effacement. This man has no feeling of self-importance, even when he receives praise. So deep is his desire to humble himself, that he never even thinks of his own dignity. He fulfills his priestly duty by celebrating the liturgy. But his intense love for God is an abyss that swallows up all consciousness of his high office. His humility makes him oblivious of any honor it might bring him, so that in his own estimation he is never anything but a useless servant. Because of his desire for self-abasement, he regards himself as though degraded from his office. His example is one that we ourselves should follow by fleeing from all honor and glory for the sake of the immeasurable blessing of God's love, for he has loved us so much. Anyone who loves God in the depths of his heart has already been loved by God. In fact, the measure of a man's love for God depends upon how deeply aware he is of God's love for him. When this awareness is keen, it makes whoever possesses it long to be enlightened by the divine light. And this longing is so intense that it seems to penetrate his very bones. He loses all consciousness of himself and is entirely transformed by the love of God. Such a man lives in this life and at the same time does not live in it. For although he still inhabits his body, he is constantly leaving it in spirit because of the love that draws him toward God. Once the love of God has released him from self-love, the flame of divine love never ceases to burn in his heart, and he remains united to God by an irresistible longing. As the Apostle says, If we are taken out of ourselves, it is for the love of God. If we are brought back to our senses, it is for your sake. God so loved the world that he gave us his only Son, so that all who believe in him may not die, but may have eternal life. This is the meaning of love. We did not love God. He has loved us. So that all who believe in him may not die, but may have eternal life. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who govern all things, both in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the pleading of your people and bestow your peace on our times. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. 
Jesus chooses the twelve. It's in today's gospel in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Friday, January 19, 2024, Friday of the second week in Ordinary Time. I'm Paul Sadek, and in today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord chooses the twelve whom he names apostles. It's from the third chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. He appointed twelve to be with him, and to be sent out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Simon, whom he surnamed Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom he surnamed Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon, the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. So we're left with the question, why those 12 specifically? For that matter, why you and me? Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 3, Ordinary Time. After spending the whole night in prayer, Jesus chose the twelve apostles to accompany him and later to continue his mission on earth. The evangelists recorded their names, and today we recall them in the Gospel at Mass. They've already been following the Master with other disciples along the roads of Palestine for several months, prepared to give themselves without limit. Now they become the object of a very special love. By making this choice, our Lord lays the foundations of his church. These twelve men are like the twelve patriarchs of the new people of God, his church. This new people is not to be born according to the flesh, as the people of Israel had been, but to be born of the Spirit. How is it that these men came to enjoy such great favor in the sight of God? Why precisely was it these men and not others? It is no use wondering why they were chosen. It is simply that our Lord called them, and it is as a result of this completely free selection by Christ, he called to him those whom he desired, that the honor and essence of their vocation comes into being. You did not choose me, he would say to them later, but I chose you. The choice is always God's. The apostles had not been noted for their wisdom, their influence, their importance. They were very ordinary, normal men who responded with faith and generosity to Jesus' call. Christ chooses his own, and this call is the only claim to a distinctive title they will receive. St. Paul, for example, in order to emphasize by what authority he teaches and admonishes the faithful, often begins his letters in this way. This is by Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father. He wishes to make it clear that he has been called and chosen to preach God's gospel. St. Paul constantly reflects on this reality. He was chosen by God. 
Jesus calls in a manner both imperious and gentle, just as Yahweh called and sent out his prophets. Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, those who were called never deserved in any way the vocation for which they were chosen, either because of their good behavior or their personal qualities. St. Paul was to say explicitly of those who were called, He called us with a holy calling, not in virtue of our works, but in virtue of his own purpose. In fact, God usually calls to his service and for his work people with virtues and qualities which are manifestly inadequate to the task they are to accomplish with God's help. For consider your call, brethren. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Our Lord calls us also to continue his redemptive work in the world. We should not be surprised or discouraged by our weaknesses or the lack of proportion between our abilities and the task God gives us to do. He always provides the increment. He asks only for our goodwill and the little help our hands are able to give him. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Let's pray with the whole church now. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence, and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face, and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O oh, rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O oh, Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me 
you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it, it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. O Lord, I have heard your renown and feared, O Lord, your work. In the course of the years, revive it. In the course of the years, make it known. In your wrath, remember compassion. God comes from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. Covered are the heavens with his glory, and with his praise the earth is filled. His splendor spreads like the light. Rays shine forth from beside him, where his power is concealed. You come forth to save your people, to save your anointed one. You tread the sea with your steeds amid the churning of the deep waters. I hear, and my body trembles. At the sound, my lips quiver. Decay invades my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. I await the day of distress that will come upon the people who attack us. For though the fig tree blossom not, nor fruit be on the vines... Though the yield of the olive fail and the terraces produce no nourishment, though the flocks disappear from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord and exalt in my saving God. God, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet swift as those of hinds and enables me to go upon the heights. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem! O praise the Lord, Jerusalem! O praise the Lord, Jerusalem! Zion, praise your God! He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed the children within you. He established peace on your borders. He feeds you with the finest wheat. 
He sends out his word to the earth and swiftly runs his command. He showers down snow, white as wool. He scatters hoarfrost like ashes. He hurls down hailstones like crumbs. The waters are frozen at his touch. He sends forth his word and it melts them. At the breath of his mouth the waters flow. He makes his word known to Jacob, to Israel his laws and decrees. He has not dealt thus with other nations. He has not taught them his decrees. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you established peace within the borders of Jerusalem. Give the fullness of peace now to your faithful people. May peace rule us in this life and possess us in eternal life. You are about to fill us with the best of wheat. Grant that what we see dimly now as in a mirror, we may come to perceive clearly in the brightness of your truth. Oh, praise praise the the Lord, Lord, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. A reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. It is he who is our peace and who made the two of us one by breaking down the barrier of hostility that kept us apart. In his own flesh he abolished the law with its commands and precepts to create in himself one new man from us who had been two, and to make peace, reconciling both of us to God in one body through his cross, which put that enmity to death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. May he send his strength to rescue me. In need I shall cry out to him. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, 
to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Let us pray. Let us adore Christ who offered himself to the Father through the Holy Spirit to cleanse us from the works of death. Let us adore him and call upon him with sincere hearts. In your will is our peace, Lord. In In your your will will is our our peace, Lord. Lord. From your generosity we have received the beginning of this day. Grant us also the beginning of new life. In In your your will will is is our our peace, peace, Lord. You created all things, and now you provide for their growth. May we always perceive your handiwork in creation. In your will is our peace, Lord. With your own blood, you ratified the new and eternal covenant. May we remain faithful to that covenant by following your precepts. In your will is our peace, Lord. On the cross, blood and water flowed from your side. May this saving stream wash away our sins and gladden the city of God. In your will is our peace, Lord. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All-powerful Father, as now we bring you our songs of praise, so may we sing your goodness in the company of your saints forever. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. John and Glenn are standing by with morning air in just a few minutes. Patrick Madrid a bit later on. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. Go out, make it a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.